All right, guys, you are locked on Falcons. I'm your host, Aaron Freeman. And today I am joined by Matt Carley of Rise Up Reader, and he's going to help me recap some of the positives as well as the negatives from this Falcons week seven loss to the Detroit Lions. You are locked on Falcons, your daily Atlanta Falcons podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. So today's Locked On Falcons podcast is presented by Pepsi, made for football watching. This football season will be different, and Pepsi is here to get you ready for game day no matter how you watch this season. Pepsi is the refreshment you need to power through game day and become a member of the League of Football Watchers. These passionate fans are the real generational talent that Pepsi fuels because Pepsi isn't made for those who play the game. It's made for those who watch it. Pepsi, made for football watching. Go to madeforfootballwatching.com to check out the latest football watching content from Pepsi. So guys, you know me, I'm Aaron Freeman, been covering the Falcons for many years, formerly on Falcfans.com, RIP, currently still going strong on Twitter at Falcfans, and of course, hosting this preeminent Locked On Falcons podcast, your daily Atlanta Falcons podcast, right here on the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And today we're going to continue recapping this week seven loss to the Detroit Lions with none other than Matt Carolee of Rise Up Reader. Matt is going to share his thoughts on some positives that we can take away from this game, some individual standouts, maybe someone who has been criticized on this podcast in the past, but is a favorite of this podcast. We're talking about Keon O'Neill. We'll also sort of get Matt's thoughts on what the Falcons have left to play for, whether they should tank, whether they should try to win some football games, whether they just sort of do whatever they have to do to make it through the season. And in that conversation, we'll touch upon Matt's thoughts on if the Falcons should be sellers at the trade deadline this year, given all the sort of fluctuation going on in the front office and with the coaching staff. But of course, we're going to start things off talking about the big storyline from the week seven game, which is the mismanagement at the end of the game um, and sort of talk about whether or not this stacks up, this mismanagement stacks up with some of the more egregious uh, poor game management decisions that we've known this Falcon team to have over several years. And we'll get into that right now with Matt Carley. All right, guys, you are locked on Falcons. Of course, I'm your host, Aaron Freeman. And today I am joined by my illustrious guest, Matt Carley, my arch nemesis on Twitter, uh, at Matt Carley. And Matt is interesting. Uh, pardon the spiel, Matt, before I introduce you. But it's interesting because I had Dave Chode on last week and I was like, I need to get Dave on after a win. Uh, because it's been so few opportunities for Dave to talk about the Falcons on Lockdown Falcons after a win. And, and going back the last couple of years since I've been sort of soloing this show, I realized that you've never been on the podcast. You've been on maybe four or five times <laughs> and never been on right. uh, after a win. And so I decided, okay, I'll reach out to Matt last week. I think I reached out to you like Thursday or Friday. And I was like, this is the most winnable game that the Falcons have the rest of their season against the Detroit Lions. So if they don't win this one, then it's, I, I guess Matt is cursed. So blame everyone, blame Matt Carley for the Falcons losing in this game. Yeah, it's me. I mean, what's funny too is like, I don't really have a college team per se, but I do root for Penn State. And, you know, seeing how Penn State lost their game 
uh, on Saturday and that same scenario basically played out in the Falcons game. I mean, maybe it is me. It, this stuff just follows me wherever I go as far as my sports teams. And, um, yeah, I guess I just got to accept it and, um, you know, be on with you after, you know, crushing losses. I think, I don't know if it was the last time I was on Locked on Falcons, but definitely in 2018 was after that Browns game. And I feel like that was kind of the turning point that unraveled the 2018 season after the Falcons, you know, came into that game. Uh, winners of three straight to get back to 500. So, you know, it, it is what it is. Um, another entertaining one, uh, in a way, just because, you know, how does this team find more creative ways to lose than they already have? But um, here we are, and, and we're here to recap it, I guess. Yeah, I mean, it, it looked like neither team was particularly interested in winning this game, particularly in the fourth quarter, <laughs> um, as both teams, you know, you had fourth and five uh, going for it, up one. You had Matt Prater missing a 46-yard field goal. At that point, based off of his kicking prior to that, was basically a chip shot. Uh, you had the Matt Ryan fumble, right? And then, of course, the Falcons get into a situation where they have the b- ability to run out the clock. This was something I kind of glossed over on yesterday's Rapid Reaction podcast, but you know, they, they had an opportunity there to just kind of kneel on the ball after that third and one conversion from Todd Gurley at the 10 yard line. Instead, they run the ball to Todd Gurley. He uh, stumbles, I guess you could say into the end zone. Uh, unfortunately, I, I didn't give them too much grief for that, I guess in retrospect, because it seemed like they were trying not to score in, or at least Gurley wasn't trying to score in that instance. And they just simply as often as the case with the Falcons failed to execute uh, what they want to do. But I'm curious to sort of get your thoughts on the Falcons' mismanagement at the end of the game. I mean, it's just crazy because the same issues that have plagued this team and, you know, plagued them in the most important game of their entire careers, not not going to say what game, but everyone knows what we're talking about. You know, those same issues, how have they not learned from them? And again, you know, in that game four years ago, really all they needed to do was, was kneel down or – you know, I guess in that game, call run plays, but you weren't anywhere close to the end zone where that was an issue. But yeah, I mean, Gurley had that, you know, I thought that third and one or third and two play was going to be the game because, you know, if they didn't get that, then, um, you know, Detroit, um, there would have been some time left on the clock. They would have had to kick the field goal on fourth down and and there would have been some time where, you know, the same scenario could have played out. But the fact that they got the first down, Gurley had great second effort, um, did, I guess, fumble it, but but was able to fall on the ball and recover it. They got the first down. Detroit was then out of timeout. Like, how do you not just kneel down and play for that safe chip shot field goal? I mean, if you're telling Todd Gurley not to score a touchdown on the play, then why are you even putting him in that position where it's even a question? You know, just like kneel the ball, kick the field goal, and, and get out of here with a 17-16 win. And, you know, it goes to show you that uh, it, it wasn't all Dan Quinn. Uh, you know, this entire coaching staff um, has issues, you know, managing the clock and managing these late-game scenarios. So, I mean, it, it, it's incredibly um, baffling, uh, to say the least, that, that these things continue to happen after they've had countless times to learn from their mistakes. But, yeah, I mean, for me, 
Uh, sure, the players could have executed what they were told, but for me, uh, first and foremost, this is on the coaching uh, staff this loss again. So in your eyes, where does this rank in terms of most egregious poor game management <laughs> at the end of games for the Falcons? I mean, I think for right now, I would just let's stack it up to the, these 2020 games. I mean, they had three games. I think everyone's seen the stat now where they had three games where their win probability was like 97, 98% and they lost all three games. So when when paired with those three, I'd say this is, I think the Dallas one was the worst. Maybe because it was the first one, and, you know, you really thought that this team was, was going to win and, and get to one and one, and they turned the ball over on defense. Uh, the offense looked good. And, you know, just to have that, you know, the, the victory pulled from the jaws of, of the feet there, that was probably the worst one in my mind, just, you know, not – falling on that ball on the onside. But then, you know, right after that, I put I put this Detroit one. Just because, again, I mean, you got the first down, you're out of timeout, the, the game should be over. You should be in victory formation, setting yourself up for a field goal. Um, so for me, I mean, and then the, the Chicago one would be last just because both sides of the ball contributed to it. And, you know, there was obviously some, some poor time management with, you know, Dirk Cutter's play calling, you know, that, that one series, they only, you know, possessed the ball for 11 seconds before giving it right back to Chicago. So it's, it's, it's tough to go beyond beyond this year and compare it. I'd really have to sit down and think, but just comparing it for the three this year, I'd rank it. Dallas was the worst, then the Detroit one, and then Chicago. That's fair. I, you know, th- there's too many to count to try to go back in history, <laughs> I guess you could say. There really is. Um, you know, the last – couple of times we played Detroit, they always seem to come down to that final play. And obviously the most yeah. infamous one is the 2014 London game. I don't remember if there was like some major breakdowns in the 2017 game. I just remember Glover Quinn picking off a pass. And, well, they, and they had that happened. lead in the first half. So that, I mean, that was like the offense looked really good. Sark and Matt were, were in lockstep. And then, you know, it was the same old Falcons not being able to hold a lead. That was the only thing I remember about that game, and then they, they held on, um, you know, at the goal line with that 10-second runoff. But I, I'd be perfectly okay with never having to watch another Falcons versus Lions game again because I, I don't think my heart can take another um, stress-induced uh, last, last second, you know, meltdown. Because uh, like you said, the last three have been all nail-biters and crazy finishes. Absolutely. So um, we're going to continue today's Locked on Falcons here with Matt Carley. Uh Get into maybe some positives from this game, maybe some standout performers uh, coming up on today's Locked on Falcons. But before we get there, I want to let you guys know that this football season will be different and Pepsi is here to get you ready for game day no matter how you watch this season. Maybe you're excited to watch Keanu Neal get back to his previous pre-injury form just like I am. And Pepsi is the refreshment that you need to power you through game day and become a member of the League of Football Watchers. These passionate fans are the real generational talent that Pepsi fuels because Pepsi isn't made for those who play the game. It's made for those who watch it. Pepsi made for football watching. Go to madeforfootballwatching.com to check out the latest football watching content from Pepsi. So we're going to talk about some of the good parts of the Falcons in 
this Lions game and there weren't that many. And if only there was a website that you could go to to find all the good parts to upgrade your football team. But we don't have such a website in football, but we do have one when it comes to finding the right parts to upgrade your car. And that is, of course, rockauto.com. They have everything from engine control modules to brake parts, tail lamps, motor oil, even new floor mats. Get everything you need in just a few easy clicks delivered directly to your door. The rockauto.com catalog is unique. It's easy to navigate so you can quickly see all the parts available for your vehicle and choose by brand specification and prices that you prefer and those prices at rockauto.com are always reliably low the same for professionals and do-it-yourselfers why spend up to twice as much for the same parts go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car truck right locked on in the how did you hear about us box so that they know that we sent you amazing selection reliably low prices all the parts your car will ever need rockauto.com so guys i'm here with matt carolee my arch nemesis here on these falcon twitter streets and uh, we're going to be talking about some positives from this uh, Falcon Lions game. Maybe talk, get Matt's I thoughts on some standout performers in this game. So Matt, I'll give you the floor and, and give you the, the freedom to point out any players that you think should be honored in this largely, you know, ultimately pretty forgettable per, uh, game from the team. Yeah. I mean, for me, I got to start with Keanu Neal. I think these last two weeks, you know, he's really stood out. You really see the physicality um, that we've come to know and love from Keanu Neal since his rookie year. Um, it was no surprise, and, you know, I, I said this after re-watching the game last night, that it would have shocked me if he wasn't the highest-graded defender uh, uh, for pro football focus this week. And um, you know, Evan Birchfield, our, our friend, good friend over at Falkaholic, um, tweeted out confirmation that he was the highest-graded defender, and Again, made plays all over the field, uh, open field tackling, you know, stopping guys short of first down, um, had a great time sack, uh, blitz on, on Stafford. Um, just an overall great performance in the last two weeks. You know, again, he, whether it's being motivated that, that, um, you know, Dan Quinn, uh, is the love coach who he's gone back, um, with from his days in college. You know, whether that kind of jump-started him a little bit, who's, who's to say, or maybe he's just now finally getting um, healthier and healthier each week from, from the Achilles injury last year. Um, you know, I don't know. But uh, certainly these last two weeks, it's Keanu Neal that, you know, we remember from his Pro Bowl season in, in 2017 before, you know, injury has hit him previous two years. So he's my number one guy that stood out that, that's really positive. Um you know, moving forward and, and hopefully he just continues it. And, you know, then there's the whole question of, you know, if he is back, um, you know, what, what to do with him in free agency. I, I had speculated it'd be tough to bring him back, but um, certainly if he continues to show the level of play he has the last two weeks, uh, it's going to make that decision a little bit tougher to walk away from. Um, the other guy I, you know, I think too that the last two weeks, um, he's been able to string together good games. Uh, also on the defensive side of the ball is A.J. Terrell. Um, you know, I think it, it's pretty clear that he's been the Falcons' best corner uh, this season. And, you know, I think teams are even starting to, to – uh, opposing teams are starting to pick up on that, and, and they're shying away from him. That's, he only had – pro football focus credit him with three targets on the day. Um, but teams aren't really going after him because they know the guy on the opposite side of the field um, – you know, it's the weaker link and, and, the, and the link target. And, and that that was true this, this past week with, 
you know, Stafford looking Kenny Galladay's way, who has matched up with Kendall Sheffield quite a bit. Um, so that that's one thing, you know, I guess negative to, to touch on is that, you know, the Falcons got to find, figure this cornerback two spot out because, you know, teams are con- going to continue to do that and have great success because, you know, as much as we, um, you know, Falcons fans land-based uh, Isaiah Oliver for on Twitter for his play, you know, Kendall Sheffield hasn't been anything to write home about. You know, I think a strong case is made that Isaiah Oliver has actually been much better than Kendall Sheffield. The only issue is when you see Isaiah Oliver mess up, it's, it's quite often pretty embarrassing. So he, he messes up really bad, and then the good plays, you know, you don't always see because not everyone has the benefit of watching the All-22. But, um, you know, hopefully Darquez Denard is, is close to returning off IR, and, and he could potentially – you know, be that second guy. They did they did use him on the outside, um, you know, in that Chicago game, and he had his best game of the Falcons on the outside. So that's probably the plan once he comes back. But, yeah, for me, I mean, on defense, it was definitely Keanu Neal and, and A.J. Terrell having another good game. Um, you know, offensively, I mean, it's great, great to see Matt bounce back after, you know, two kind of mediocre performances um, before and kind of, you know, step up. And, and answer the criticism that, you know, guys like T.I. and, you know, Arthur Blank's non-committal comments um, during his presser after the Dan Quinn firing, you know, it's great to see Matt answer answer the call and, you know, show out the way that we're accustomed to seeing Matt show out. So, um, yeah, those, those are the three I touched upon and say we're, we're kind of the stars um, or, or the bright spots uh, of, of this past Sunday's game. Now, Russell Gage looking pretty good in the slot, right? Yeah, I mean, he's a stud, dude. Uh, you know, I've always been a fan of him, and, and hopefully, uh, you're you're coming along on on him as play. I mean, obviously, it, you know, I, I know what you're doing there as far as staying <laughs> slot. Um, but I mean, you know, slot or not, make, making that catch that you know I, I tweeted it out last night. I mean, that that should have gone down as the play of the game. It's unfortunate, you know, the Falcons. They didn't win, so people are going to forget about it. But that one-handed grab uh, to extend the drive was, whew, I, even me being a huge Russell Gates fan, didn't, didn't think he had that in him. So, I mean, it's great to see him, especially, you know, I, I thought his injury in the first half was, was going to be severe. I thought it, it looked kind of non-contact, ACL-ish, and for him to come back in the game and, and make those plays on that last drive was huge. So, I mean, you know, another bright spot, I guess you could say, is the Falcons, you know, are, are pretty set at wide receiver, and, and those guys are all going to be under contract again with Julio, Ridley, and Gage uh, next year. So whoever the coach is, um, you know, he, he's going to have uh, three three weapons on the outside to, uh, to scheme up plays for. Well, we still got more to touch upon on, on that note, you know, looking ahead to the potential future of the Falcons today with Matt Carley on lockdown Falcons. We're going to talk about sort of whether or not the Falcons should be uh, sellers at the trade deadline or even possibly buyers get Matt's thought on that coming up on today's podcast. But before we get there, I do want to plug the NBA side of the lockdown podcast network. Look, the season may be over. The bubble may have burst, but there is an NBA draft coming up and you can find a daily podcast devoted to your favorite team and what they're going to do in this upcoming draft in a few weeks. And of course, you can check out the Atlanta Hawks 
daily podcast, Locked on Hawks, hosted by Brad Roland, on your favorite podcast platform, including Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or whatever you're listening to me right now. So I'm here with Matt Carley, and um, we're talking about the Falcons-Lions game. And, you know, no one no one cares about that game anymore. Everybody wants to move on. But, uh, you know, we got the trade deadline coming up pretty shortly, next Tuesday, I believe. And um, I know you were pretty critical of the Falcons last year when they weren't actively shopping guys uh, at last year's trade deadline. Uh, I'm curious to get your thoughts on where you sort of stand on this current regime, sort of rudderless, I guess you could say, without a a general manager and and certainly an interim head coach. Where do you sort of stand on this year's team being buyers and or sellers at the trade deadline? I'm I'm in a similar position. I mean, you know, I want them to exhaust all options as much as they can as far as expiring contracts, guys that, you know, aren't going to be in their long-term plans. But I do think this year those players that kind of fit that bill are going to be tougher to move. I mean, the number one name that I think, well, I guess there's two names, but the the name I was just thinking of was Alex Mack. I think, you know, Alex Mack's going to be 35 in November. Um, You know, they drafted Matt Hennessy, you know, ideally or theoretically with, with the intention that he's the center of the future, although him mixing in at left guard, you know, who knows what they were actually thinking with him, and maybe they always view him as a guard. I don't, I don't know. I mean, I know after the draft, they, they talked about him, you know, at center, but that he would get some run at guard. So, again, thinking the plan is for him to be the center of the future, um, you know, you, you have a spot here. If you were able to move on from Mount Snack in a trade, you, you can – get you know eight or so games here to evaluate Hennessy at center and determine whether or not you know you think he can handle it or maybe they're going to have to um, continue to look at the draft uh, next year for center but you know a guy like that who's you know likely not going to be brought back um, also for salary cap reasons my only hesitancy with that is just you know who needs a center and you know, what, what are you I, theoretically going to get in return for a 35-year-old center? I, so it, it, it might be best to just hang on to him just because, again, you know, putting a rookie out there who he has not looked good when he has been out there in Matt Hennessy. He had one snap going in for Mac when he left uh, yesterday, and um, it did not go well. So, um, you know, subjecting Matt Ryan to that type of, um, abuse more is not ideal. So, you know, I, I don't know if, if that's going to happen. I, I think the other name, too, that makes sense is Todd Gurley, just because, again, one-year deal, um, likely not going to be back uh, for salary cap reasons. And you do have some depth there. I mean, Claudia Allison has been a game-day inactive for pretty much the entire season. So, you know, you can get some evaluation time for him, which I think is important because, as far as running backs go in 2021, only Edo Smith and Quadri Allison are under contract. So you at least like to have a good idea of what you have with Quadri Allison um, before you decide how heavy you're going to invest in that position in the draft or, again, whatever free agency dollars you have left. So those are the two that I'd be looking at that make the most sense. Um, I've, I've thrown out on Twitter that Keanu Neal um, 
is also an option because again, he's a free agent after this season. And, you know, I'm, I'm very skeptical of what they're going to be able to do based on, you know, me looking ahead at the numbers and if the salary cap is as low as 175 million next year because of uh, the pandemic, you know, Falcons are going to be very lucky to just, you know, get above water with restructuring guys and, and, and being able to fit 51 contracts, you know, under the threshold. Um, so, you know, I don't know whether Keanu Neal is in fact back to his old self. Uh, I don't, I think it's going to be tough for them to bring him back, um, regardless. So to get something out of him and if he continues to, um, you know, to rock it, I mean, again, the value would only go up and maybe you can get, um, you know, uh, I don't know, late third round or more likely probably a fourth round pick for that. So those are the three guys I'm looking at. Again, um, in a perfect world, they exhaust as many options as they can to continue to add to their draft capital um, for the uh, the next GM and head coach because, again, they're going to need as much cheap labor as, as they can afford um, given how they're up against the cap the way they are. I'm curious to get your thoughts on the rest of the season. Where do you sort of fall on the whole tanking, anti-tanking, pro-tanking conversation? It's tough. I mean, previous years, you know, people that follow me on Twitter, you know, I started the Embrace for Chase movement last year thinking, you know, that the Falcons could legitimately get up there. And I don't know, maybe it's just the last two years of, of doing that type of thing and then, it not materializing and they came nowhere close to that. It's just like, I, I want to wait and see how it plays out. I, I do think, you know, despite what you said earlier about this, this last uh, game against the Lions being the most winnable game, you know, just with the way they've lost games, like it, it wouldn't shock me still if this team ends up with like, I don't know, five or six wins at the end of the year. So I kind of want to see it play out, um, you know, going through this and, you know, you, you, it's, it's hard to ask these, like I, these guys aren't just going to fall over and lose football games. They're fighting for their careers and their livelihoods going forward. Cause again, a lot of these guys I've talked about are free agents. So they're playing for future contracts. They're, they're going to put their best, best foot forward and their best football on the field. So, you know, I, I guess I'm getting further and further away from, from tanking. And um, I, I just want to see these guys play as well as they can. Cause I mean, it, it, we're pretty much in a lost season anyways. I want to see Matt Ryan play well and see Julio Jones play well after their legacies. You know, I, I'm loving what I'm seeing out of Cal. I really want to see him continue to do well. And, and Russell Gage just shining as a third receiver. So, like, I, I just want to see them continue to, to play well and, and do what they can to win games. I mean, you know, draft pick status be damned. Because right now, I, like, I haven't really dived into um, the draft pool yet. I won't, I won't do that until probably for another month or so and, and start looking at these prospects. But, like, there's not a lot that catches my eye, like, like, there has in years past, like I, there's no Chase Young, uh, there's no Ed Oliver right now to me in this class as far as like defensive line studs, which you know, Falcons can never, they're never not going to be in a year where they're going to consider a defensive lineman or should be considering a defensive lineman, I guess I should say. Um, and right now, I don't see any of those guys. I mean, the quarterbacks are the talk of the town, and I guess that's why. You know, the Falcons are being brought up in that discussion because Matt Ryan is 35 and he's going to be 36 next May. But, you know, let's let's see where the chips fall before, you know, we start talking about whether, 
well, I don't even think Trevor Lawrence is going to be in the discussion because they're not getting the first pick. But then, you know, we'll see. And, and they're probably not getting – I mean, Fields is looking like he's going to be the number two guy. So it really boils down to what you think of, like, guys like Trey Lance or uh, Zach Wilson who's rising from BYU. And, again, right now, the women that I know about them, are, certainly they don't excite me enough to the point to take them the top ten picks. So I guess – all that to say, like, uh, you know, again, I'm getting further and further away from pro tanking. I, I want to see them continue to do well. Um, and, you know, I'd be okay with them being six and 10, or, you know, if, if they can really go on a run and get seven or nine again, I'm, I'm, I'm totally okay with that this year. I know I'm going to get a lot of crap from that from people probably that, that listen to this, but, you know, that's, that's, that's where I'm at. And that's kind of just because of the history of, me doing this now for the last couple of years and getting all excited to get a top pick. It, it's just not worth it. Let's, let's see where it happens. And you know, if they lose, they lose. Um, if they win, they win again. I mean, just with the way they've, they've, they've lost these games. Um, it's not like, you know, they're a bad football team because they, they make boneheaded decisions and, and mistakes, but like they, they should easily be, you know, four and three at the very least right now. And if, and maybe they could be five and two. So I don't know what that means in the grand scheme of things. I mean, maybe just a paper tiger five and two, but you know, it is what it is. They, they, that could be a playoff team if, if they if they would have continued that. Okay. Well, guys, there you have it from Matt Carley. Matt, let the people know where they can find you on social media to get your takes, as well as any written content you got coming up uh, in the coming days, weeks, and months. So yeah, you can find me on Twitter at Matt Carley, M-A-T-T-K-A-R-O-L-Y. Um, and then you can catch some of my work uh, at Rise Up Reader. Um, got a couple of things in the pipeline. Um, I haven't had the time in the last couple of weeks, but I do want to write something about the salary cap to kind of, you know, open the door and show people what I have seen as far as what 2021 could look like and what, what the Falcons have to do, you know, to be cap compliant and, you know, to even have – uh, a little bit of money to talk around a free agency. So uh, probably have that um, in the next month or so. And then I, I do want to kind of continue my series that I started last year where I was kind of going through head coaching candidates. Um, so if you want to dust that one off, you can find that at Rise, Rise Up Reader as far as the coaching candidates that I threw out last season. Um, certainly, you know, you need to add a few names such as Arthur Smith and, um, you know, Brian Dable on there. But, uh, I want to then look into the GM candidates and GM candidates around the league um, that potentially um, to get excited about for Atlanta. So those are the two articles that I, I hope to write uh, within the next month or two. Um, so you can find all that at riseupreader.com. Matt, appreciate you uh, joining me, uh, giving your thoughts on uh, this Falcons Lions game. And as I have promised you many, many times in the past, I, I hope to get you on to talk about a win finally. But, uh, you know, who knows when that will be. So we'll just have to wait and see. Yeah, it's always great talking with you, Aaron. Thanks again for having me. Appreciate it. All right, man. All right, guys. Matt Carley. So tomorrow we'll be reviewing the all 22 of the Lions game. And uh, if you have any questions, of course, I will all ears, all keyboards, all thumbs. What I don't know. Um, all eyeballs, because I'm just going to be looking out on my phone, I guess, is the appropriate term. And you can uh, send those in 
and I will be able to see them on my phone. Uh, if you send them in via Twitter to Locked On Falcons, if you send them in via Facebook to Locked On Falcons, or if you send an email to LockedOnFalcons at mail.com. And of course, I welcome all your feedback, whether it's film related or not. Uh, any comments, questions that you may have, uh, I will be happy to answer those on tomorrow's episode. And then, of course, we'll be following that up with a Thursday crossover. Uh, to get you guys geared up for that Thursday night game against the Carolina Panthers. And of course, Friday will be that rapid reaction. So, you know, short weeks, always tough with the turnaround, but uh, you know, we got you geared up for another great week of content here on the locked on Falcons podcast. Appreciate you guys, appreciate you guys and gals for tuning in. Um, you know, be safe out there, go vote until then. <laughs>